for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 348 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy, buddy, buddy. approaching that Loch Ness monster. Yeah, we're getting real close to Tree Fitty. <coughs> and then next year, when we do a live stream, it'll be for episode 400. Oh my goodness. I just gotta make it there. <laughs> we'll get you there. I uh, I just want to take a second, real quick, to thank everybody who stopped by the live stream last week or watched it, you know, after the fact on Twitch or YouTube and sent in <coughs> messages and well wishes and stuff. Uh, it was really nice. I really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I one of my goals over the next year, right, is to occasionally do some uh, what they call just chatting streams on Twitch mm -hmm. or just hang out and talk to folks and chat or whatever uh, to get a little more comfortable because uh, your boy, he panicked a couple of times during that live stream. And uh, it would probably, it'd probably do me good to get a little more practice in on that if that's something we're going to do, you know? It certainly didn't seem like you panicked, but I can understand the feeling. Well... Maybe I'm just a good performer. I don't know. That That is not the case. <laughs> so, buddy, how you been? How's Olivia doing? How's her recovery coming? Oh, it was crazy stressful, to be honest. She um, she ended up pulling the tube out. Oh, she no. rubbed her eye really hard, and we had a freak out. We were almost going to Memphis, and then we booked it over to the ENT, and he was able to snip it and get it out, you know, pull the whole thing out. But um, there was a tense couple hours there for a little while where I was really scared that we were going to have to go to Memphis, but oh. it didn't, didn't end up happening. There's still a 90% chance success rate with the surgery after one week, but the, uh, the stent should have stayed in for six to eight weeks. So Ooh. I'm hoping that it was enough to yeah. get the job done. Cause if it isn't, you know, we'll have to go back, but man, I hope it's here's to hoping. Yeah. I hope it did the trick buddy. Yeah, man, me too. That's horrifying. 
That is scary. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm pretty sure it took a couple days off my life. Uh, I bet, buddy. The whole event. I can only imagine. It happened at a restaurant. We were dining outside oh, on the patio no. of a oh. restaurant, and we were probably three or four bites into our food arriving, and it was just one of those moments where you just got to go. It just I gotta happened. Go. I have to go. It's like that scene in Miss Doubtfire where she's like, I have to go. We have to leave. I have to go. We have to We have to leave now. I have to go. <laughs> I have not seen Miss Doubtfire in quite a while, so I'm going to take your word for it. That was, a, that was yeah. a, a Burkhart family trip to the theater for that movie. Oh, wow. My dad, a big Robin on, uh, Williams guy. DVD. Not DVD, on tape. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Robin Williams. He was my jam. I liked Hook, too. Yeah, I know you're a big Hook guy. I've seen Hook uh, more times hanging out with you than probably I saw it before <laughs> I met you. <laughs> seen Hook quite a few. <laughs> you know, I remember one of those times randomly going to rent an NES game and renting Hook for the NES mm-hmm. and thinking it was pretty good. I've never played it since. It was pretty good. Yeah. I remember playing it at a buddy's house back way back in the day. Like, I was in the third grade, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so, buddy, let, let me tell you what I did. <laughs> what's, what's new in Halls' world. I oh boy. went over to Mississippi uh-huh. on Sunday for Mother's Day to hang out with the family, see my mom. Yeah. First off, uh, the haircut was kept secret from my mom. Oh, that's cool. What did she think? Uh, she freaked out. She started crying. She liked it. Um, I was like, yeah, mom, I cut it. And she was like, it's, it's the best Mother's Day gift you could have ever given me. And I was like, well, I kind of was just tired of dealing with it, but let's go with that. Cool. Um, she was real stoked. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and, uh, I don't look like as much of a monster anymore, I guess. No mo hobo. <laughs> Uh, and then, so, you know, I'm hanging out at, uh, Amanda and Goose's, right? And Goose's neighbors right. have quite a plot of land, 60 acres. Um, their land is so big that like when you're in Goose's backyard, you only kind of see part of his neighbor's yard. You don't even see their house. Right. And they've got okay. all kinds of wildlife that'll you know, walk up in there. I've, I've hung out with a donkey through the fence. They've got goats, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, something else they have are pigs. And one of those pigs is super friendly and likes to come visit, uh, in goose's backyard. And you know, who was all about that. And that was me. Of course it was. So this giant ass pig comes into their backyard and my mom's all freaking out. She's like, oh, get it away from me. I was like, no, look, he's sweet. And he would like eat out of your hand. And he just came up to me and rested, like just walked right up to me, put his head in my lap and just was letting me pet him. It was like a dog. Like so oh, much wow. so that this, this fucking pig did tricks for treats. He would shake. Oh, wow. He would sit. He would roll over. It was awesome. You That's know, crazy. I was all about it. Hanging out with this yeah. pig. So that was the highlight. <laughs> you love animals. Yeah, me I do, man. I'm really having to scrape scrape together highlights. So <laughs> that was that was one for me for sure. <clears throat> That's great. That sounds like a cool experience. You sent me a picture of it at the time. Goose was trying to convince my mom 
that the pig was her Mother's Day present. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Your mom wasn't going to be having it. Um, you know, so hanging out with my little nephew, right? And kids, you know, at least in my experience, not big fans of change, right? So right. for his almost five years of life now, uh, Jackson has known me as Uncle Halls, who's got the crazy long beard and the crazy long hair. So I was like, right. oh, is he going to freak out? And so I, I pull up, I get out in my wheelchair. He runs out to see me. He's all super excited. He's like, Uncle Halls. And then he goes, and this is this is a little goose quote, if I've ever heard. He goes, man, I like that haircut, Uncle Halls. Mm. he goes you got a haircut like mine so that was nice Aww. it was nice That's to see that he didn't uh freak out about my hair because i was i was because <clears throat> it took a, it took him a little while to warm up to his uncle hall's kids like very little kids not the biggest fan yeah. of me um and well, i get just curious and mm. sometimes when they're curious they're quiet no no, it's not quiet. It is screaming in terror is the normal oh reaction goodness. I get. So, um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, so we got some cool stuff to talk about this week. I didn't know like how busy of a Star Wars week it would be considering we just got a brand new Obi-Wan trailer. Right. Um, but we got a couple cool things to talk about. Um, oh, wow. However... Before we jump into that, you should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really enjoy the show, you should sign up and become a Patreon. Uh, it helps fund and support the show. And when you sign up, you get access to our exclusive feed where we post all our bonus content. Stuff like Star Wars Year Bike Podcast with our buddy Steel. Uh... Masters Harvest Cossie with King Tom. Oh no, it's Hall Solo cooking with Will. Immediate reactions to Bad Batch and Book of Boba Fett. I will be doing those for Obi Wan as well. Um, and we're not far from that. And all kinds of other stuff. Uh, so Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big old shout out to our patrons. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And as a special aside, speaking of our buddy Steel, um, I recorded a couple of episodes of Steel Wars with him this week uh, that should be coming mm -hmm. out shortly, and they are a lot of fun. Um, I don't want to spoil the premise of them. Uh, I will say that, as usual, I'm sure they'll be delightful to listen to on your podcast feed but you might get the best experience watching them, watching the video version on his YouTube because there is some visual elements to them that I think uh, people would enjoy. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for those. And uh, it was a good time. Nice. <clears throat> so, buddy. That's a good guy, that Steel. He is, man. He is uh, <clears throat> He's a real good dude. He is a real good dude. Whenever I start, because you know me, Will, when the uh, the bees start buzzing around in my brain, Steele's a good dude to like metaphorically slap me around and be like, hey man, uh-uh, no, 
Yeah, right. We're, we're not going to be thinking like that. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't think it was last week during the stream. I think it was the week before we were talking about how this particular um, video game insider by the name of Jeff Grubb was kind of teasing that he knew the title of the next, the of the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order and that it mm-hmm. wasn't going to be, you know, Jedi Fallen Order 2, that it was going to be Star right. Wars Jedi something, right? Um, well, he came out today, in fact, and announced uh, what he believes the title to be. And that it is a 2023 release. We talked about that as well, that it, it seemed like it had been moved back to 2023. But supposedly, right. the title of the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Hmm. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not either. Like, I don't like Fallen Order. A very cool title. And, and you know, really, the title is the thing I give the least amount of shit about. Like, what I really want is it to be a cool game and an awesome follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order that builds on, you know, the mechanics and the story and, and all that that was present, right? Right. So, I, um, I don't know. It just... Something about it just doesn't hit me the same way that Jedi Fallen Order does. Yeah, it's not quite as powerful. I mean, unless there is some sort of subverted expectation to where there is another survivor that it is not referencing other than Cal Kestis. I don't know if that's going to be it. In the first one, he's already a survivor. He's mm-hmm. already a Jedi survivor. Yeah, I mean, maybe... I don't know, like, I can't necessarily imagine this, right? Because there is a genre of video game that is a survival video game. Like, you mm-hmm. know, games like Rust or in some in some regards like Minecraft even has survival elements to it. I can't mm-hmm. necessarily see them working those elements into the sequel to Fallen Order. It just doesn't seem it would like it would fit that game type. Right. So I don't necessarily think it's referencing it that in that way. Although, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from celebration and supposedly there will be more information about this at uh celebration. Not necessarily its own panel, but you know, we're probably not too far away from some sort of information or a trailer and everything and Maybe that will shed more light on the title. And like I said, the title is the least important thing to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I could. So, okay. When you think about Jedi Fallen Order as a title, it kind of makes sense because in the story, um, as far as Cal is concerned, like, you're playing. And there's a lot of flashbacks to Order 66 and, and you know, how the Jedi fell, right? How the Jedi Order fell. Um, and after the end of Fallen Order, Cal Kestis is, is not just on, like, the Inquisitor's map. 
he comes face to face with Darth Vader. He's on Darth Vader's map. So right. maybe in that regard, Survivor is is uh, pretty apt. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the fact that he tangled with Vader and lived. That I would say makes him a survivor. Maybe he because there's this scene right when you're on the ship, and one of the characters has basically like a Star Wars guitar, and Cal okay. picks it up and he's able to like have this sort of sense memory where he starts playing it. So maybe he's continued to practice it. And he writes the Star Wars version of Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Damn, 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 damn. <laughs> I can only imagine it. Or With a little Jedi. Uh, like, what is that? Oh, what's the instrument in the cantina? Mm. I should know this, but I don't know. I, I'm doing good to know the band's name. I just know, and I'm, I could be wrong about this but I'm almost certain that Max Rebo plays an instrument known as like the red ball jet keyboard or some shit like that. It's got a real goofy name. That sounds impressive. Um, or what if it's called Jedi star Wars, Jedi survivor because Cal Kestis, they're down on their luck. They need some credits. You know, he enters a reality competition with a bunch of other people where they're put on an island and they have to compete in challenges or get voted off the island. And there's alliances. That sounds more like it. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a Star Wars reality TV video game, that shit would be weird. (laughs) My kid has gotten into watching the Galaxy of Creatures shorts. He watched them all like real close to back to back. That's cool, man. I know like... I know my buddy Liam has got like a wide variety of interest and Star Wars sort of bounced off him for a little while there. Mm-hmm. So yep. maybe it's starting to wiggle its way in now. That's cool. The kid was asking me about Minox. I was like, yeah, I know about Minox. <laughs> Munching Boy, on I... the power cables. Oh, speaking of Liam and watching stuff, I finally went and saw Sonic 2. Yeah. How was that? I dug it. I, and look, I got to yeah. give a, a big shout out to my buddy Keith who took, he seriously took one for the team and went to see that movie with me because oh, okay. not necessarily something he would have chosen to go see. Um, and man, I really enjoyed it. Now, I will say this. I'm a fan of long form media, right? I like long movies. I like longer than normal episodes of my favorite TV shows. You know I love long songs, right? Mm -hmm. Sonic 2 was a tad too long for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Just a tad. Like, there's this, and you know, I'll keep it fairly spoiler free, but they're towards the, you know, third act of the movie or end of the second act, there's this extended sequence in Hawaii during a wedding that is... Mm -hmm way too long way too drawn out like it's one of those things where i saw a movie and like you know sometimes you watch a movie and you're like uh they could have maybe cut a little here and there but you don't have something specifically that you can call out yeah this is one that specifically i saw and i was like i know exactly where the cuts need to be made yeah that whole thing. thing was unnecessary and when they first cut to it i was like oh 
we're doing the whole mom and dad's on vacation in Hawaii trope. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this doesn't, you know, as and when they when he first did that in the beginning, I was like, this can't go good places. Do you just got to send him away so Sonic and Knuckles have a reason to tangle without him in the yep. mix? I guess, and it was super knuckles heavy, kind of like I wanted more Eggman. I wanted more Robotnik, and he was good when he was in it. But the first one was full of him, and he yeah. was great in the first one. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like chewing up the scenery. You know what I mean? Like he's having a ball, right? Like it's clear that Jim Carrey's having a good time in this role. Um, I thought it was. I don't know, man. There was, I there's a lot of development in that first. I movie and the second one, like I know he's been marooned for a long time, so he's crazy, but I don't know. The um, <clears throat> the bar is so low with video live action or quote unquote live action video game adaptations. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think the two Sonic movies are like decent examples of good video game movies. Like, I do agree. So, I. You know what? I'm looking forward to the third one, and supposedly they're doing a spinoff show for Knuckles. He's going to get his own spinoff show. I'll watch That's that. Cool. I'll watch that for sure. Supposedly, it's going to be Jim Carrey's last role. He's yeah. retiring from acting after the Robotnik stint. Yeah, I, I was I was reading that before the movie came out. <laughs> he's uh, he's done a lot. That's cool. Um. Like from my childhood on, like I remember that I watched The Mask a bunch as a kid. I mean, I've definitely seen The Talk Mask a lot. Movies. I used to drive my dad crazy with the Ace Ventura movies and Dumb and Dumber. He was like, "Why do you think this is funny?" And I was like, mm, "I don't know, but I do. I don't know why, but I do." Me and my brother would dance around singing the Cuban Pete song mm-hmm. from The Mask. I can imagine that. I can see that in my head. You and John Luke <laughs> jamming to the Cuban Pete song. Chick, chicky boo, chick, chicky boo, chick, chicky boo. <clears throat> um, so uh, another little interesting tidbit. Um, on May 9th, so three days ago on Monday, uh, the official Star Wars social media accounts posted a picture of the first day of production on the Ahsoka series. So Ahsoka officially started production on Sweet. Monday. Uh, the picture is just, you know, a, you know, a director's chair with the logo of the show on the back. Dave Filoni's fucking cowboy hat is hanging on it. Like, come on, man. Look, mm. I will say this, though. Since I've gotten my hair cut, you know what I've uh, embraced that I haven't had been able to for the longest time? Ooh, the ball cap. Hats, man. I'm hat guy again. I missed it. Oh, nice. I missed it, man. You were a hat guy all the time. I I remember the days where you and your ball cap were inseparable. Yep. I I wore that corny ass Jägermeister hat that I got at OzFest. Mm -hmm. I wore that thing out. It started off as a black hat, and over time it became brown. It was so faded. And then I moved on to that black Mississippi State hat that I wore all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whatever happened to that hat. Um, but yeah, I was a hat guy for the longest time. And <clears throat> um, I even bought 
like a 40th anniversary Star Wars hat at Celebration in Orlando. Like, I was like, oh man, I'm a hat guy. Surely you can wear hats with long hair, right? Not with my long hair. Not with my long hair, sir. (laughs) It just shoot off the top of my head like I was a rock and sock robot. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing for it to grip onto. The hair's too... It's just not made for that. I haven't worn a hat in a very long time. So... Um, I was dicking around in my room and I saw that hat and I was like, oh yeah, I can be a hat guy again. So I'll just occasionally be around the house. I'll be like, I want to wear this hat for a little while, pop it on, do a couple of things, look at myself in the mirror and go like, you're fucking ugly, but you can, you can wear a hat. You are a hat guy. You can rock a fucking hat, my dude. Um, so yeah, stoked to be a hat guy again. Now I will not be a cowboy hat guy. I'm not going full Filoni. Give it time. No. When you get your own Star Wars show to direct, you'll be a cowboy head. Yeah. That will, Filoni will get you your first cowboy hat. That will never happen. That will He'll never happen. He'll take you happen. down to the, the shop it's, and like get you fitted. Buddy, if, if that were to be my path in life, I would have had to have started well before now. You don't often hear about damn near 40-year-old monsters fucking getting into the directing game <laughs> like with no experience. <laughs> You never know. You never know. I, I mean, mean, Huey Paul made movies, right? Yeah, I mean, he did. He did. Can't get any worse than that. People actually gave him money to make movies. Yeah, but once again, I don't want to be the Huey Bowl of fucking Star Wars. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the bar can't get any lower than that. You know, you um, know what I mean? Like, so I don't know how substantial this rumor is. It's kind of Star Wars connected. But um, so recently the the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe Fantastic Four movie lost its director. Um, oh. The guy who directed the three newest excellent Spider-Man movies. I believe his name is John yeah. Watts. He backed out of directing the Fantastic Four movie and it wasn't seemingly it wasn't one of these situations where there was a falling out or anything. He was just kind of like, look, you know, I've spent the last damn near decade working on superhero movies. I need a little break. So I'm not Mm going to do Fantastic Four. And a rumor that I've seen pop up a few times. And like I said, I didn't research to see where it came from. If it's this is like a we got this covered bull bullshit type of thing we got us some fake news.com um but i've been seeing bryce dallas howard tossed around as a potential director i think that could be really cool like yeah obviously i would rather her direct just selfishly i'd rather her direct a star wars movie because i think that would be really cool she's done some excellent Mm -hmm. stuff in star wars tv but uh I'll definitely check out a Fantastic Four movie that she's involved in. Is old John Krasinski going to be Mr. Fantastic? I don't know, man. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about casting or any of that stuff. That's, I don't know where I heard that. I think that's like a popular fan casting. Is that fan casting? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you know, sometimes that shit pans out, you know? That's not I mean, yeah. Like, not he's been being of. Jack Reacher. No, wait, no, he hasn't. What's the other one? Uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yeah, he's been being Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. 
um, you want to hear something that kind of bummed me out. So, you know, yeah. I know the week of celebration is going to hit kind of hard. You know, all my friends hanging out, having a good Star Wars time. Like, the thing is, is like, even if I didn't cancel my plans to go to celebration, I wouldn't be able to go now because I start my new job that week. Um, yeah. And that would, like, I can't take off my first week. I actually can't take off for three months. Um, but they announced that Tamora Morrison is a guest. Oh, no. And do you know how bad, like, I might have, like, I might have even broken my self-conscious no pictures rule to get a picture with Tamora, man. That, that one, like I've been seeing the guests pop up like Ewan McGregor is one. And I was like, oh, damn, that would be cool. Oh, sweet. Is it $300 cool? Probably not. Well, probably is. Man, I, is a picture with Ewan $300? I don't know. I'm like, I can't remember how much it was when I met Mark Hamill and I didn't get the picture. I just got his autograph. And I want to say it was like 250 or 300 when I met Mark Hamill Ooh. in 2017. Ooh. I have to assume Ewan McGregor, you know, commands similar prices. My goodness. Um, That's got to be five minutes at best, right? Yeah, man. It's but not It's not ten minutes that they spend with you, right? It is Mark fucking Hamill, buddy. Like, Well, no, I know. I know the higher the celebrity, the more money you can demand. I'm just trying to figure out the ratio, like you know, five minutes at $300. I'm trying to figure out how many they could go through in a day and that astronomical number that could add up to. So I, I'm trying to remember what podcast it was on. I heard on a podcast that, um, it was a guy who worked at a convention was like a volunteer at a convention and Mark Hamill was a guest there and he claimed that each day of the convention Mark Hamill brought in something like 170 $170,000 a day and like if okay so let's just use $300 as like like let's just say hypothetically that's how much it was to get an autograph or a photo with Mark Hamill, you're talking about like 560 something people a day. Uh Uh-huh. Like, man, you can see why they do these cons. Like that shit is lucrative. Yeah. I can see why. Look at me. The minute Mark Hamill came up as a guest for celebration in Orlando, I was like, I'm booking a ticket. That's my big celebration purchases, meeting Mark Hamill. And he was fucking great. He was exhausted but he was still fucking great. So I consider it money well spent. I got to meet Mark Hamill. I gave him some Blue Harvest and some Rogue One swag. He talked to me about like, isn't this whole Blue Harvest thing weird? Like how they use that as a code name? And I was, buddy, he probably thought I was mute. How little I talked. I I was was gonna make that joke, but I was like, it wasn't hard work for him to hang out with you because you were probably so shell shocked. You didn't have to say, you know, didn't have to say much. I am not gonna sit here and pretend like, no, man. I meet these people I look up to, and I'm super cool and chatty. No, man. It either goes one of two ways. I am 
so like awkward and silent or I end up saying something stupid like I did with Billy D. Williams when I tried to get fucking scoops out of him to see if he was going to be in episode seven. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Tamora Morrison, oh, that one stings, buddy. That one stings because I sure, sure would have been stoked to meet my dude. Well, if it's any consolation... Clearly, Boba Fett is so popular as as the Mandalorian. This can't be his last Star Wars convention. No, no. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know the likelihood of me getting to a Star Wars celebration anytime soon. I would. I mean, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I just currently I don't know. So I would hope that if I do get the opportunity to go to one in the future, that he would be a guest again. And I'm looking right now. So, um, he's doing two different things. He's, he's taking, uh, you know, he's doing autographs and taking pictures or mm -hmm. you can get a combo picture with him and Daniel Logan. So, um, oh, wow. just a picture with Tamora Morrison, 135 bucks. Shoo. I would I would happily that would have been my big celebration. That's purchase. a bargain compared. Oh, I you know what I probably would have done if that's the price. I probably probably would have done both, meaning I probably would have done the photo opportunity and gotten something signed. What I would have gotten signed, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. You have a pretty cool Boba Fett helmet. You could have had him signed. Yeah, but then I would have had to like pack that. And then take that and carry it all around the convention. Like, yes, that is a kick-ass thing to have Tamora Morrison sign as a as a nice Boba Fett helmet replica. But like, logistically, I see what you're saying about having to keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. And then like the process of getting it home and not getting it messed up. Oh, I would make me awfully nervous. Awfully. I guess nervous. the sweet move is to find a kick-ass piece of Boba Fett art you like on the floor. And get like a tube for it. Now that and, is and have him sign that. That is not a bad idea at all, my dude. That is not because you know you you can and I and I I have plenty of times when I met Jeremy Bullock and when I met um Peter Mayhew and when I met Mark Hamill. I got like you know they have a selection of eight by tens that you mm -hmm. can get signed, and that's what I've typically done. And I probably would have done that for Tamora Morrison too, but <clears throat> um the special print or special piece of artwork, having them sign that, that is kind of the move. That is kind of the move. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you do is you get a kick-ass print of all the different Mandalorians and you try to complete the set of signatures, right? So you get Ooh, you get Tamora, cool. you get um, the lady. Uh, her name's escaping me right now, and I feel like a real ass. The foundress. Um, well, well, you get Emily Swallow, who does the voice of the armorer. Uh, you get yeah. the lady who does Sabine's voice. You get Bo Katan, Katie Sackoff. You know, mm -hmm. try to get. Now I'm telling you right now, Pedro Pascal. If he was at a convention, that's. That's another big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's the move. Because sometimes you see people um, in like Facebook groups and stuff that'll have 
uh, Star Wars theatrical posters that are just covered in different signatures from different people in the movies. And they're really cool. So like a cool print of a bunch of different Mandalorians and have each. Ooh, that's cool. That's a good idea. Well, I'm going to keep that in the back pocket. When I will pull it out of the back pocket and put it to use, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it there in case I need it. Um, so, uh, I hit a brain fart. Oh, Dr. Strange and Multiverse of Madness is out in the theaters, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, creative team obviously are doing interviews and, uh, whatnot, promotional stuff. And the writer of that movie Michael Waldron um, has been talking about how he is currently in the process of writing the Kevin Feige produced Star Wars movie that was announced a little while back. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So he is in the process of writing that movie. Um, and his, he's basically been saying in these interviews that he is, um, excited to work on it because it's completely unconnected to anything. So this seems that like sounds exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, <clears throat> I really enjoy the sequel trilogy, and and I enjoy when Star Wars makes connections. But if we really want something new and exciting, we're gonna have to kind of veer away from these connections, right? So that's right. I'm interested to see uh, what that turns out to be and when the hell that movie even is going to come out, you know, when it sees the light of day. Yeah, because that and the Taika Waititi movie are really interesting to me. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I'm not familiar with anything else that this writer has done. So it's not like I'm like, oh, I love this thing that he did. He's going to do awesome on Star Wars. So, you know, I don't have a frame of reference. But, right. boy, I can't wait until we start getting Star Wars theater movies again. Oh, I'm excited for that. It's going to be a blast. Did you see the Avatar 2 trailer? Yes. What'd you think? Kind of confused. Yeah, I mean, you know. Look... <laughs> We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like, Avatar is by no means my favorite franchise. I am not like one of those people that saw that movie and was like, paint me blue and send me to Pandora, you guys. But I'm also not going to sit here and not and act like I hated the movie, you know? Like, I thought it was good and I thought it was okay. I have also been, you know, in the camp that's been kind of skeptical about how long it's taken to get to these sequels. I've also mm-hmm. got a little chip on my shoulder because it seems like, you know, for the foreseeable future, they're going to alternate Star Wars and Avatar movies. Uh, whereas, like, I would rather get a Star Wars movie instead of an Avatar movie. They'll only alter, alternate Star Wars and Avatar movies as long as Avatar stays profitable and well, popular. Buddy, I mean, I th- <laughs> they filmed all these things, like, so closely at the same time. Like, I think... Regardless, those five Avatar 
their four Avatar sequels are coming out. You know what I mean? Like these were all filmed yeah. at the same time. <clears throat> so I'm just scared of how tortured the premise is going to be because the first one pretty much put a bow on it, right? Like I'm not sure because in the trailer I saw like, oh, now there are Navi avatars that are like soldiers that they're sending in, I guess. Like it just the whole well, premise seems a little tortured, a well, little shoehorned. You know, that's, I mean, that's kind of what they did in the first one. Like Jake saw. Yeah, I know. That's what he was supposed to be. Right. And so what I'm saying is I can see there being room for a sequel. Not saying the sequel will be good, but like you got to imagine that this. Four. That that seems like an awful lot. Four. That seems like an awful lot. That seems like an awful lot. Disney must have plans on Pandora World inside. You know, the Animal Kingdom. I know they got that one kick-ass well, ride, and it is kick-ass, but like... To be fair to Disney, these pan- these Avatar sequels were in production well before Disney bought 20th Century Fox. They got Avatar. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, I think he was immediately talking about Avatar sequels after the first movie, and that shit came out in like 2009? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was right when, yep, 2009. Because the next year, 2010, was the year I was in the hospital for like two months. I didn't even see Sam Worthington's character. He was there. there. I think he's the guy at the end that was talking about like, no matter what happens, our family will be our shelter or whatever. Okay, yeah. Oh, man. I I... Like, I want it to be good just because I like sci-fi. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, the story started off being about a dude who was in a wheelchair who got to transfer his consciousness into a magical blue alien cat, you know? Like, there Mm -hmm. are some things that appeal to me. But four sequels this far out, 13 years later or whatever, oof, Mm -hmm. oof, oof. It's, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know that it'll do as well as the original, but it's going. I mean, to it's going to have to be really good. Oh, it's going to do crazy money. Like the amount of times that trailer has been viewed already is insane. It's going to be a success. Will it be the same success as the first one? That remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. It'll be interesting to see, though. That shit's supposed to come out at the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, call, let's just keep me in the skeptical camp. I'm also skeptical about... I, like I, I think it will come out. Like I'm not skeptical about that. I'm skeptical about whether it'll be any good or not. Sigourney Weaver and... Um, oh, what's her name? She played the female Navi. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. They did the heavy lifting in that movie as far as acting goes. Like, Yeah, old Jake Sully. They acted their ass off. Sam Worthington slash Jake Sully. Not the strongest actor. That is the nature of his being. He is fairly wooden, but everyone loves him, I guess. Uh, you know what I've always said is... I think he would have made a decent Marcus in a Gears of War movie because he kind of looks That's like right. Marcus. 
That's true. And his demeanor doesn't change a whole lot. Yeah, Marcus is pretty one note too. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, you want to hear from some friends before we wrap this up? Oh, please, let's do. Okay. I love our friends and family. Me too, man. Kia Dean. Kia Dean. Kia Dean. Jedi Master who can crush box Kiyadi Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a real Syrian stud He loves to split chicks with his pot Kiyadi Cockhead So stroke his cone and suck on his balls Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you right now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooch tomorrow. Cockhead, cockhead. Hey, if you want to hear yourself on the podcast be it voicemail or email send it to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you first up speaking of friends it's our buddy king tom chansky hey there Hosnwell. i hope you two are doing excellently i've had revenge on this sith on my mind a lot. Revenge in the, of the Sith and the Clone Wars. Um, you know, there's that new Brotherhood book, which I started, came out this week. It's very good. And we got the Obi-Wan show coming out. Uh, very hyped up for that. So that time period has really... Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I was on a walk with my son earlier um, tonight. You know, he's been playing a lot of Lego Star Wars. We were talking... I don't even know how we got to talking about this. Um, and there's a bird. I'm outside in the hammock, if you can't tell. Uh, but my son and I were talking. And he, I don't know how we got to talking about it. But he said, what if their General Grievous had a TV show where he showed off his lightsaber collection? <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I left and we kind of said a few things that could happen. But then, you know, since having that conversation with him, I got to thinking, you know, there's that line in the Revenge of the Sith crawl where, you know, there are heroes on both sides. And, you know, if, if in any war, you're going to need propaganda. You're going to need to present your heroes in a very public light. So I would think, you know, in the Clone War, someone like General Grievous probably would have had a reality show where he showed off the spoils of wars for the, you know, the, the separatist holonet. And, and I'm thinking that, that that would probably have been a big hit on, on the Separatist side. And then, um, you know, you could have the various Jedi and, and clones have their own reality shows and, and things of that nature for the, um, 
you know, Kitty Mundy reality dating show, <laughs> things like that for the, for the Republic side. So I'm wondering, what, you know, could you guys think of any types of reality show that the heroes on both sides of the Clone Wars would be having? Like, you know, Count Dooku modeling his favorite pajamas. I don't know. I'm throwing that out there, just seeing if you guys have anything like that. Anyway, thanks for, as always, thank you for the excellent podcast and listening to my crazy ideas. And uh, I'll talk to you guys later. My goodness, that's a good one. So I got to say, um, judging by how much YouTube I watch that is just people showing off their collections of shit I'm interested in, I would watch a General Grievous Antiques Roadshow show where he just shows off his lightsaber collection and tells you know the story about how he got it from which Jedi. Oh, I would be fucking fascinated with that like i've already watched tons of people do youtube tours of their lightsaber collections so count me in for the general grievous show um welcome back to today's episode of grievous treasures (coughs) (laughs) um so I think, and this is another aside, like from like an in-universe standpoint, if you're going to have a face of the separatists who's considered a quote-unquote hero on the side of the separatist, I kind of think you go Count Dooku, right? He's regal. He's a count. You know, his outfit is cool. Um, I kind of feel like you, that's the count. guy. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the guy who would be the... <laughs> The propaganda guy now it's yeah he would be the face as far as other um people on either side um heroes on either side that might have a reality tv show and what that show might be about now that's that's something to think on right like what can you think of will uh if you could do a uh two and a half men with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka, you know, that would be that would be good. It would have to be like a comedy. It wouldn't be reality TV, but I um I really like King Tom's idea of like the real housewives of Kiati Mundi. That would be good. <laughs> also like the real world. If you could do a, a Star Wars real world, that would be cool. Yeah, like the thing is is I'd watch a bunch of teenage Wookiees on the um, fighting with each other on the side of the separatists. It's so many droids, man. Like, and I don't know that I want to watch lot Dodd and Newt Gunroy, the reality show. Like they don't mm. Watt Tambor. Watt Tambor would have like a reality show where he fixes up old cars and shit and fiddles with those knobs on his chest. The techno union. <laughs> And then blows it up right as he gives it to the person he's supposed to give it to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm thinking I'm mine's a little too crazy. Uh-oh. Uh, I've got like intergalactic cable stuck in my head and I'm should be thinking Star Wars reality TV, not Rick and Morty. <laughs> Look at all these doors. <laughs> We've got doors over here. My favorite intergalactic cable bit is ants in my eyes johnson i'm ants in my eyes johnson 
And I have ants in my eyes. <laughs> These prices are so low. I can't see. Things are walking out the door. <laughs> it um Ants in the eyes. Ants in my eyes, Johnson cracks me up every time. And I don't know why, man. Like I'm Ants in my eyes, Johnson. Here at Ants in my eyes, Johnson's electronic. I mean, there's so many ants in my eyes and there's so many TVs, microwaves, radios, I think. I'm not 100% sure what we have in stock because I can't see anything. Our prices, I have ants in my eyes. Our prices, I hope, aren't too low. Check out this refrigerator. Only $200. What about this microwave? <laughs> Only 100 That's fair. I'm ants in my eyes, Johnson. Everything's black. I can't see a thing. And also, I can't feel anything. <laughs> Uh, I like little bits. Are you? Do you have a tiny mouth? Well, come on down here to little bits where we have all kind of tiny foods. <laughs> that one's little fun. Bits. Little bits. Um, like I don't know if he would be considered a um hero on the side of the Republic, right? But I would definitely watch Dexter Jetsters version of diver d- drive what is it di- diners drive-ins and dives mm-hmm. like oh his cooking show would be great oh it would be cool you go through and dexter goes through and eats the menu and then kia d comes behind like a real fancy pompous mm-hmm. french poo poo and like tries the stuff and he's like ghastly <laughs> and you know man um yeah yeah man that's one a quinlan voss survivor man show drop quinlan voss off on a planet with a camera camera and a and a pocket knife pocket lightsaber watch what he does he's using psychometry or whatever that is called Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i'd like to see that and if yeah if you're ever stranded alone on a planet, use your force-sensitive ability to, mm-hmm. to see the memories of objects. Or calm animals. <laughs> kind of seems like a bit of like a cheat to have a Jedi yeah, as, right? as like a survivor man type role, right? Does kind of seem not fair. Yeah, definitely not as compelling as just a regular dude who you like give give like a couple of whatever he can fit in his pockets and throw him out of a plane. Mm. You could do a, a episode, ju- or a, a reality TV show just called Pong Krell is an asshole. That'd be a good one. I don't watch even that. know who that is. He's a jerk from one of the Clone Wars arcs. You could do a true crime like documentary series intervention style thing with Dr. Eva Zen and Ponda Bobo. Yeah, you know, after that fucking cameo in Rogue One, I'm all right not seeing them any anymore. Well, I want to see, you know, it would be a real, uh, what is it? It would be like intervention, like a lifetime show, like, you know, and it would all be like, you know, Ponda Bobo, how's your life changed since you lost your arm? <laughs> right. Uh, Can you write anymore? <laughs> you sad you can't clap? Why is your arm hairy? You're like a walrus, but you got a hairy arm. The arm that we see on the, bo- on the floor of the cantina does not really match up to 
My dad pointed out to me as a child that there would not be blood in the wound because the lightsaber would have cauterized it. Unless. And I was always like. Unless when the arm hit the floor, it burst the cauterization. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's a thing that happens. It's like dropping your Capri Sun after you punked a hole in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's like. I guess. I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't had a Capri Sun in a hot minute, my dude. I bet you probably got Drink it. You're a dad, right? Y'all got Capri Sun on deck, don't you? I I don't have Capri Sun on deck, but I probably will. I'll put some in a cooler for the pool days this summer, probably. <sighs> what a good time that is. Fucking. Yeah, man. Nice, refreshing. You get to fucking dip in the pool and then get out and have a Capri Sun. Sheesh. You good know, memories. You know what always used to gross me out? So do you remember. Uh, Kool-Aid coolers. They were like pre-made Kool-Aid in these like squeezable plastic bottles. They'd come in in six packs and they had like a little plastic top on them that you twist it. That looks like a pharaoh's headdress. Yeah, you twist it off and you drink a Kool-Aid, right? I didn't find those gross. I was a Kool-Aid kid growing up. I thought those were cool. What I found gross is when the next evolution of that was the ones that were filled with like jello basically. Oh, I remember this Hawes. I can't even believe that. I remember what you're talking about. I, I do. I don't think they were Kool-Aid branded. I think it was another brand that was like, Oh, okay. Kool-Aid. Well, you want to see what we got? Uh, a jello in a squeezable plastic bottle. That shit. Let's was put foul. a less viscous jello into a bottle. Yeah. It, a drinkable it, jello. it was a drinkable jello. It wasn't as firm as normal jello or like oh, hospital sir. jello. Or like a jello cup. It was a little more watery. It was fucking And thanks fat. for that. Thank you for watering down jello, by the way. <laughs> I have to look this needs. up. What were they called? Uh Disappointment in plastic bottle with a Pharaoh's headdress top. <laughs> I don't even know what the this thing sticks out in my mind. Was like jello? Shit. You call the Kool-Aid thing. Call it Kool-Aid Jammer Jello, and you should get something close. I remember they came like a six-pack. Mm-hmm. They sure did. And like you said, they, they weren't terrible. They weren't gross, but they definitely, you know, you would all, you'd want a Capri Sun instead. If they were in the cooler of, of a mix, you'd go for the Capri Sun or the Sunny D. Man, I can't figure out what it was called. I look for this and it's just like amazing jello drinks for kids' birthdays parties. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not what I'm looking for. No, 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 no. This no. is going to drive me fucking crazy. Were they called jello? Was it jello branded? Were they jello juicers? I have no Ooh, idea. That's what I remember uh, ecto coolers, high C ecto coolers, the Ghostbuster no, one. That is a completely different beast. Ecto cooler fucking ruled. Makes me old, Hoss. That makes me old. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next demo. Enough of this tangentness. Um, next up, we've got one from Jess. Jess is who sent in that amazing uh, 8-bit animation for the live stream. His episode. name is Jess. His name is Jess. 
Loved the last stream, live stream last week. Thank you again for the warm reaction to my 8-bit artwork and music. I've been a regular listener for years and can't agree more with King Tom and Kobe about how you two are the most positive and inclusive fans in Star Wars. That being said, I'm not sure I nailed the guitar solo in my video. Steve, if you're listening, I need those tabs. A few weeks ago, you mentioned that Will was looking for ideas for the next Cooking with Will. Um, as a vegan myself, this made me happy. Oh, because I mentioned that I told you that maybe you could come up with uh, something plant-based or vegan. And I thought it would be yeah. cool time to mention some notable vegans in Star Wars, such as Daisy Ridley, Natalie Portman, Woody Harrelson. Apparently, those groceries were all produce. <laughs> Because, you know, Woody Harrelson eats the booty like groceries. Um, Mark Hamill, vegetarian, but I'm counting it. Kevin Smith, not directly Star Wars, but worth an honorable mention. In addition, The Last Jedi stands out as an important to me for its themes of animal welfare, freeing the fathers, Chewie, and the Porgs. Contrast this with the pretty brutal treatment of animals in The Mandalorian, monkey lizards over a fire pit, killing the mudhorn and stealing it, its egg. I know you guys are omnivores, but just wondered if you had any thoughts about this stuff. That being said, I'd love to get a recipe for Will Witten's plant-based toss salad with extra creamy vegan ranch. Mm. Mm. You know, you got that. You got that to look forward to. Aggressively toss the salad, my dude. <laughs> um, you know, I like to. So you know, like. As someone who is not a vegan or a vegetarian, um, I'm also not going to be someone that's like, ugh, fucking vegans, man. You know, like, mm -hmm. I actually respect the dedication and uh, forethought it takes into living a lifestyle like that. Right. And uh, as we've established on this show, I'm quite the animal guy. I really like animals. So I can also respect it, you know, like, you know, there's, there's a ton of different reasons someone might embrace that kind of lifestyle, be it for health reasons. Like that was a big one for Kevin Smith is after his heart attack, he became a vegan. Um, or whether it's just because you're like, Hey man, I, I like animals and I don't like uh, the idea of killing them for, uh, my benefit. Um, star Wars is an interesting uh, way like it's interesting to think about that in the context of Star Wars because like he said like you know there are times like in The Last Jedi when you know there's people that obviously care a lot about animals like Rose with the Fathiers and then like <clears throat> something like even not being a vegan something about the original Fallen Order kind of bummed me out where it just seemed like I was a Jedi that just went to planets to slaughter animals <laughs> for the mm -hmm. most part. You know what I mean? Especially sort of early on in the game. Um, and, you know, I know that's a, a pretty common thing in video games, but I don't know, man. You killed a lot of animals in Jedi Fallen Order until they started throwing, yeah. you know, stormtroopers and purge troopers at you. The animals were so aggressive. Mm -hmm. You would think he could have, like, calmed the beast Mm -hmm. But I guess it's to teach you the, the, the ropes of the combat. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. Like, like when you think about it, like, okay, in The Mandalorian, like he's talking about, 
Mando's ship gets all messed up. The Jawas are like, hey, we'll give you all this stuff back. You got to go get this egg for us from the Mudhorn. And like that poor Mudhorn, it's just chilling, trying to uh, guard its egg. It's just trying to raise an egg baby. Yeah. That poor Mudhorn, man. Caught the business end of a Mandalorian. But, you know, on the other hand, like, as, as some people like to say, it's fake and it's in space. So it's not like, you know. It's it's also interesting for you and I, Will, right? Because we grew up in the South where hunting for most people that we knew was a way of life. like A way of life. A, a required hobby. A, not even... Yeah, and like... Not even optional. I've had plenty of friends and family members that enjoy hunting, and it was just never my thing. And like, on one hand, I've known plenty of people who... You know, they go hunting and then that is food for them and their family for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't just a, I'm going out to kill something to kill it. Right. Yeah. So in that regard, it doesn't necessarily bother me as much. It's still not something that I'm looking to go and do. I have, I've never been hunting myself meaning like I've never gone you know, aimed my gun at something and shot it, but I've been with a friend when he went hunting and that was enough for me mm-hmm. to be like, mm, this is not me. This is not for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, in that, like as, as a means of like providing food for your family and stuff, like I can get behind that, but like the trophy hunting shit is where I think that shit is kind of deplorable and gross. Like, big game hunting going out and shooting elephants or rhinos or fucking tigers or lions or whatever yeah. and to me that shit you can't is just... claim conservation effort you know lots of hunters are very educated about conserving populations and hunting helps conserve populations and control population growth you, you can't make that claim when it comes to the big game animals the I, endangered species and stuff yeah I, I totally agree with that I totally yeah and it always bums me out when, like, you see someone, like, you know, even if it's someone fairly well-known or famous, who's like, oh, went on a hunting trip and killed a giraffe or whatever it is. Like, killed a lion. Yeah, that one is, that one really bothers me. My cat guy, you know? Like. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to hunt a lion or a tiger. I want to pet a lion or a tiger. I want to be friends with Also, it. a specific predator that is not in abundance. You know, killing a giraffe is shitty, but like, giraffe is a prey animal, and there's probably more giraffes than there are tigers. Like, killing. Yeah, I just. But but once again, tigers and elephants. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just not for me. Anyway, Something yeah, we're not, not going me. big hunting, gaming. <laughs> yeah, you're never the, gonna hear me show in, up on the, the show and be story. like, "Will you never guess what I did this week?" <laughs> um, we got one more email, and then we'll call it a night. This is from our buddy Sam. Howdy, Halls and Will. Congrats on the seven-year anniversary. I just started a new job and completely lost track of when the show last week was, but watching it the day after was very enjoyable. Hopefully the random five-minute Steel Saunders cameos can continue. Anyway, I've been reading Heir to the Empire for the first time and thinking about what the future holds when it comes to a lot of Legends characters. We've gotten a clone of Palpatine and a pretty fleshed-out version of Thrawn in canon now. Are there any characters you could see being brought into future stories as actual important characters? 
not in quick passes by or mentions. I haven't really read enough Legends material to have a solid answer, but I'd love to hear what you both think. Thanks for the years of amazing content, and I hope you fellas have a great wish weekend. Best wishes, Sam. So, I'll be honest. The only Legends characters I remember that are even feasible nowadays are the Tales of the Jedi stuff. You yeah, know, the characters from then. So, because you know, Jason Solo and Ben Solo. You know, not Ben Solo, but uh, the Skywalker kids. Yeah, like them, those aren't feasible anymore. Mara Jade. That's not. No, I mean, there is a way you could do the character of Mara Jade, but it would have to be pretty much completely different. Like, you know, yeah. she's not going to be in a relationship with Luke, but you could, you could definitely bring that character back in some way. And, uh, but it would be uh, completely different to me. Thrawn was the big one. Like Thrawn was the big one that they could do and, and make work in Canon the easiest, and, um, you know, they pretty seamlessly brought him over and incorporated him in. Like, you know, it's not the same character and the story's not the same as it was in the legend stuff, but it's pretty close. You know, the, the essence of the character is still there. You know what? I would want to dash Rendar oh. and you could put him in the Lando. Like you could get, you know, young Alden, Ehrenreich, Han Solo and Don, Daniel, I mean, Donald Glover. And you could make a a Dash Rendar in there that competes with Han Solo kind of on like a Thor, Star-Lord kind of way. I would love that. I would fucking love that. I would be so stoked because Dash is such a goofy, he's such a goofy character. It was like, oh, we can't mm-hmm. use Han Solo in this core, in this let's do diet Han Solo. And like his ship was a little goofy. And I say this with complete love for the character and that era of star wars like shadows of the empire was a huge deal for me um so i would definitely be stoked about that now i don't think we will get a direct adaptation of the yuzen vong from the um new jedi order series like, I don't think that they're going to be like, guess what we're bringing in? We're bringing in the Yuzan Vong. I Space orcs. Would not be surprised if something similar happens. Because eventually, they're going to, it seems like they're going to want to do like some new threat from outside of the galaxy in Star Wars, right? Like, I, it can't I always be. I understand the new threat. Yeah. The Sith. Yeah, it can't always be the I don't Sith. like the idea of something that's force resistant or the force doesn't have an effect on. I don't like that. It seems breaking. Yeah, and and like man, was I excited about the new Jedi Order books when they were coming out? Yes. Do they necessarily hold up the greatest? Mm, I don't necessarily think so. Like I do think it's an interesting concept and and like they went for it, you know? Like the conversation we're having now where like, yeah, it can't always be the Sith. It can't always be, you know, an Imperial force of some sort, you know, cause the first order, while I do think they were cool and like the new designs were cool. It was just kind of, you know, the empire 2.0. Right. And I, I do see the need to come up with something new for a threat and like the Nile, 
the Nile from the High Republic, like there is definitely elements of that that remind me of the Vong in a lot of ways. You know, they're not, you know, like flying around in organic ships or um, not resistant to the force or absent from the force or whatever, you know, like the Vong were. But, you know, I think there are, I think they'll do something. Like I said, I don't think it'll be a direct copy or it won't be some big announcement where they're like, we're bringing the Vong back. But I think they'll do something like that eventually to try and mix up whatever giant threat there is to the galaxy. Yeah, I think they need to grow their factions before we have a giant Avengers level threat. Yeah. Like we're clearly growing the Mandalorian faction. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the Jedi ranks need to swell a little bit. And, you know, there's some other stuff that they can do before we have a big team up. And it will be awesome. Yeah, because that was kind of the thing in the new Jedi Order was like, the new Republic and the Imperial remnant, like a, a force from outside the galaxy. So fucking evil and powerful came through that the two sides had to join up, you know, like that was kind of what happened there. <clears throat> well, that's going to do it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Oh, thanks for having me on. You know, I love it. Yeah, man. So, uh, next week we will, talk about whatever the fuck is going on and then the week after we'll be talking about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan hell yeah we will that shit's exciting we'll have to record on a Friday that week because it's coming out on Friday the first two episodes and then I think it's going to go to the normal Wednesday uh, release schedule like Disney Plus has done for you know Book of Boba and Mandalorian and stuff right so that's exciting uh, hey is. guys if you haven't already leave us a five star review on iTunes it really helps us out brightens our day um, if you enjoy the theme song please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're Stoned Cobra you can find them on iTunes Spotify or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and if you enjoy video games, you should check out the High Potion podcast that I do with our buddy Steve. It's a lot of fun. We have fun. It's a good time. Um, and that'll do it. So until next week, this is uh, newly re- rediscovered hat guy Halls Burkhart. And this is permanent stay-at-home dad, Will. <laughs> May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>